And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. I am beyond excited for today's guest. It's not often that we get to have true legends on the podcast. We have occasionally, but this one I'm really excited about. Why? Because we have with us today, Jay Alexander Martin, the co-founder of FUBU, the current VP of FUBU, an author of many amazing books, and someone who I am really interested to hear a story from today. Jay, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time. Now, for those of you that, that are listening, you may or may not know, we tried to do this show earlier this week and technology was not our friend. So, yeah, Jay, thanks for, the, thanks for the patience with that. We were trying to tell amazing stories of entrepreneurship and the internet decided to hate us. So, well... You know, I, I, Jay, I, I'd like to always say no one tells the story better than the founder. Now, last time you mentioned if you had a dollar for every time you had to tell the backstory of FUBU, you probably wouldn't need to work ever again. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we got to start there anyway. So you want to okay. give, give everyone out there listening a little bit of background about who you are and, and you know, what kind of brought you up to this point? Okay, well, if you if you say uh, and com commit to giving me two dollars now, because last time that was a dollar you owed me. Now this one I got to say it again, so I got to let the two dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna give you three. I'm gonna give you three. I'm gonna pay it forward. So later on down the road, if I need you to tell that story again, I'm good. You guys made some money. <laughs> yep. You can yep. too. Okay, so um, let's go backwards. All right, let's go flashback to 1992. Um, prior to that, Damon John was creating um, a hat. Uh, I was coming home from Desert Storm, um, and I got out of uh, the you got out the U.S. Navy on a medical discharge. Uh, I was going to FIT as soon as I got out uh, with the GI Bill, and I won a stipend from a military accident that I was in. Uh, I took that money and I pretty much gave it to him telling him a quote, um, he asked me, uh, well, hey, I said, listen, Damon, I can take this and turn it into a clothing line, this hat. And he said, well, how? Uh, we don't have any money. So with that stipend, I took the, that $6,000, actually it was $7,000, and I gave it to him. Uh, seven, I picked up a thousand and gave him the $6,000, and I gave it to him and said, oh, here we go. Here's our seed money. Let's go. And from there on, we built a multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> that, is, that is the most efficient delivery of 
billion dollar company backstory. So thank you there. And, you know, honestly, I've talked to, to so many different people that have such interesting backstories, including my own business partner who sold a software company for 150 million bucks when he was 29. He hates telling the story. He's like, I like talking about what I'm doing now, what I'm doing for going forward, or maybe even some of the things that we didn't do well along the way. So, you know, it, it, I, and, and I, I get it. Um, so when it, what are you up to now, Jay? Like what, what is, what is the present state of the world? Well, the, you know, the present state of the world, of course, now we have a new president, um, prior to, to our first interview, uh, attempt for the interview, we didn't know, yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen. So now I think we're in a state of state stability, uh, a state of, um, you know, non-anarchy or non-questions, um, because now we have, you know, a new administration. So um, we're looking forward to 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 really uh, hopefully opening up the world, um, tackling this uh, pandemic, and you know going forward to for businesses to be fruitful. Um, we, as far as uh, food was concerned, we have um, acquired new licensees um, from Africa to Asia to uh, countries like Dubai, um, you know, in Europe. Um, and we're looking to actually finally get our, you know, what hasn't been in the marketplace um, in a big way, more in a smaller way, uh, out there um, in this this year. When, when it comes to fashion, that's a tough business. It's fickle. Things change quickly. A lot of the players that are in it have controlling interests and don't want new players into it. When you look back and, you know, you mentioned 1992, I was in high school in 1992. Yeah, I'm getting old mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, oh. still learning how to hustle. But what, you know, so many people are interested in fashion. I'm actually a sneakerhead myself. I've got yep. a terrible sneaker problem. By the way, man, I own 50 pairs of gold shoes. I think it's wow. a world-class collection. Yeah, man, I might send you a pair too. So <laughs> now with, with that, I've been around it enough to know that it's tough to get into. For those, for like what, when you think of a quote fashion entrepreneur, how do you, like, what is that? Well, you know, one thing anyone has to understand in business, of course, is always the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, you know, the bell curve, you know, business go up, business go down. Um, and I think that, the, the, you know, you really have to be a serial entrepreneur just to actually think about even attempting to do anything. It doesn't matter what the genre of, of, of business is, right? So with fashion, fashion is a unique uh, uh, thing because you have your... You know, what, what people don't look at is they don't, you have your staples uh, items and then you have your fashion items. And what people try, what people do is I think more so is look at the fashion. And I also look at it that way. And I could, I can just give you one phrase. They look at the shiny object, but they never look at how it got shiny. Right. So what I say about that in, in, in definition to fashion is more so you have to have a, 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 a fine line between. Like I said, your staples, which is just regular items that people want to buy every day at a, at a price point. And then you have to have that high end or not just high end, but more moderate or even high end uh, price goods that will drive your sales and drive your sales just to get somebody in the door in hopes they're going to buy all your other stuff and keep buying it. Because, again, you know, when you when you design into trends, 
That trend is here today and gone tomorrow. And the stability of a brand is to be able to keep you going over time. So if you live off of something that is just, oh my God, I have to have that today, and then now everybody has it and nobody wants it anymore, then your business is dead. So that's what I try to tell a lot of the fashion brands. All you people just want to be in the fashion. So when it comes to a brand, I've always been fascinated with, quote, brand value, you know, because it's it's an intangible thing. Like, what's the Google logo worth, you know, on a product or whatever? When it comes to building and maintaining and growing a brand, what are some of the fundamental basics of getting one started? And I, I like to say, don't sacrifice the long term on the altar of the immediate. So, you know, if you don't want to just be a short term success, like what, what did you learn? Cause food is clearly still out there. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And it, so, so how, how do you, how do you try to set up a good foundation for that going forward with any? Well, well I mean, listen, we got, we could take it all the way back to the fact of just starting the business period, just start, you know, I, I go through this practice of anytime what you're doing something as I listen to everyone and anyone that can tell me no. I, let, I read as much as I can. I, you know, do the old go on the internet and just kind of, you know, peruse and see what's going on. And I do all this stuff and I try to find every reason why this is going to fail. And then I put it on a whiteboard and I write every, I take an exercise of, of just going to each, each question and having an answer for that. And once that's done, then I start. Um, and, and in my business, you know, like I said, longevity is key. And a lot of times people start something because not necessarily that's what they want to do. They just start it because they think that that's what's the end thing to do. And I think that a lot of people need to get into business for the right reasons. Because again, like I always say, you know, entrepreneurs is not for the faint of heart. And I think I did not answer your question. So what I'd like you to do is to say it one more time. What, what, give me a couple fundamental building blocks for building brand longevity. Okay. So, well, see, you know, that's a funny question. And again, I did sort of answer that question in that because today's entrepreneur, right. That I have been uh, dealing with is they don't think about tomorrow. They don't think about today and what sale they could do today. Because I don't think just like uh, just like a livelihood, livelihood of a lot of people, they don't, you know, because of their upbringing, they're not, they're not in the mindset that they're even going to be live after a certain, certain time. You know what I mean? Like the average person is because of the world and because of inconsistencies and things that happen. They don't look at that and they translate that to business. Most business people that I've known, you know, maybe on the higher end or, or maybe 10, 10, 20 years, you know, removed from us or removed from, from, from today's society. I don't see any businesses that even think about being consistent and being, and go, being in business more than 10, more than a year. Because what's the average business is closed, you know, closes in, 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 in a year or even maybe two years. So to stay consistent, you have to, one, change your mindset on that you want to be around. And I think the biggest thing, problem is people can't sustain because they don't want to deal with the problems of business. 
and like again the ebbs and flows the highs the lows the the today i have sales you have to be prepared for that mentally physically financially uh uh yeah financially and Emotion, I emotionally 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 <laughs> yeah you yeah. know and and they don't no one looks at that they don't look at the, and again that's that, that's the whole fundamental part about you know looking at the shiny object oh i have a business now and everything just should, should go my way but how did i got shiny those all those four or five different aspects that i just mentioned you have to be you have to have the mindset to do that or to be able to deal with that because every day somebody's not going to run in to your store and buy something every day no every day is no one's going to go to your e-commerce site and buy every day and if they do someone comes in and says okay i'm going to buy every day what happens when it gets returned you know and they don't look at that and you have to be prepared for that and you prepare for every little aspect of what's going on i have a practice what i do is i think of i just kind of do things i do three things at one time I at least try to do that all the time, however, whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm doing. That way, so if a problem arises, I could be able to deal with two, two, and two, three, two or three different things at one time. So I think those practices and things like that it is the real problem or the root of the problem of why people and how people can't sustain their business throughout. So I, I'm that same kind of entrepreneur. I'm doing a lot of different things. Um, at, I'll, all the time. Now, a lot of people tell you not to do that. And I, I don't think I could do just one thing at a time. Do you think that 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 and I, I mentioned when we tried to record this before we call, I, we refer to that as entrepreneurial ADD, we're right. talking about shiny things, and it gets easy to chase too many of them. Mm-hmm. How do you determine whether a, whether something is worth chasing or not? Um. You know that goes to the, the 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 golden rule of anything. If you are making a sale, then obviously I'm doing something right. If someone is going to pay for what you do, then you're doing something right, and that's just simple. You you can do something, and you know either it's a service business. It's a, or it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's transactional, direct to consumer, whatever it is. If you can say, hey, I'm doing this and everybody's like, that's great, but they're not paying for it. Then you don't have a business. You got a hobby, <laughs> you know, and as soon as someone starts to pay for it and to the magnitude or let's say give, give it a number, it's 10,000 a month. Now you have a business. And I think that's what people need to think about. Yeah, you know, that path to revenue, I think, is grossly underestimated by a lot of entrepreneurs, um, you know, and, and, I'm, and, and, I, and I, not to cut you off, I'm not talking about your mom and your dad <laughs> and your cousin <laughs> or your friends. Wait, they, they can't they can't be my clients. No, 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 that can't be your clients. No, they well, can, be I, clients, I, but, but I wouldn't I wouldn't use them as the as the be and end all. Because they're going to do it regardless. That's like the mom I want to sing syndrome. You know, I'm in the bathroom and I sound great <laughs> until I get up on stage. And just for those listening, just to clarify, in the shower, I do have the voice of an angel. So, <laughs> um, you know, maybe we can do a duet, but not in the shower. So, all right. So in 1992, you get, you're, launch, you're getting ready to launch FUBU. You don't even probably realize what you've got at this point. Um, the world is so much different. And it was probably 91 or 92, the first time I ever even saw the internet. 
you know, like dial up modems, AOL discs in the mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Like mom yelling at you to get offline so she can call dad. Right. You know, so it, getting a, a brand and anything launching. So the, so things weren't, quote, viral then. Like viral wasn't a possibility. It wasn't an actual thing. E-commerce hadn't evolved. And then you flash forward now to 2021. Like what? how different is it to try to do anything? Like how did you actually get FUBU out into the market and get people to go, man, this is what I want. This is what I want to wear. I mean, what was well, the what was the go the go to market strategy? Well, the go to market strategy wasn't was the not go to market strategy. We pre marketed all our items prior to by the means of video, you know, music artists doing their video because every time that video played, it, it was like a commercial because they saw that you know you saw whatever t shirt or whatever or jacket or whatever. On, uh, on that music or it may not have been even if it wasn't on the artist it was in the video so it was like a commercial uh then we had the luxury of a uh, you know a, a man named ll cool j james todd smith that most people didn't have who was on you know countless tv tv shows and did countless uh interviews and music videos and also was on the show um and he did something in which no one has done to, as of today. Um, he was on in a Gap commercial wearing our hat and he spoke of our a brand in the actual commercial. So that was, um, you know, millions and millions of dollars of, of advertising that we didn't have to pay for, especially at a, in an early uh, brand, any early stage of our, um, our company. Um, we also would do guerrilla marketing, um, with which we would have you know, we would go to each store that had our clothing. We would, the gates in New York, there's gates, uh, gray, uh, gray metal gates that's, uh, that every store has, you know, uh, security gates. So we would go to them and say, hey, could we paint on your, your gate, you know, a mural? And the mural would say, um, authorized FUBU, authorized FUBU uh, account or youth, uh, uh, um, dealer rather. So, when someone's driving at night, they pass by the store, they'd see, oh, that's an authorized FUBU dealer. Wow. You know, so it's almost like, it's, again, it's advertising because we we wasn't paying for the big, big, massive um, billboards, but that was our formal billboard. And then it cost us much because we knew, you know, graphic artists that could do spray painting, right? So for the same amount of money, for less money, we would have, you know, billboards everywhere over, all over the city. Um, other things that we would do is, again, like music videos, like I said, we'd stand at a music video all day until somebody put it on. We'd take it back and then we'd wash it and put it to cleaners or whatever and take it back to the next set and put it on the set, put it on them again. You know, so um, let's see what other things we would do. Um, you know, we knew a lot of the celebrities uh, or knew of them. We would go on tour with LL and as, you know, LL, well, actually I wouldn't go on tour. I would stay home and work, but um, they would go on tour and, and, you know, that way we would bump into a lot of the artists and go here, you know, put this on or here, give them something here, give, you know, give them something as a gift or whatever. And we just really, you know, just put in the work, you know, there's nothing, there's no one that we can touch because we were going to be there every day until we get to touch them. 
And I think now um, with, you know, today's, you know, technology and the internet and stuff like that, it does make everything smaller and it supposedly should make everything easier. But sometimes when things are too easy, what you do, you don't do it. You know, if it's too, if it's sitting right in front of you, oh, I get to it next time, you know, and the drive that we had to make it, to get it done, isn't the same drive that I think today's entrepreneur has. They, they always want to me, I always want to skip a step. You know, you can't cheat work and knows who's working. And if you just keep driving and driving and driving and do the things that somebody else is going to do, not going to do, you'll make it. If you take your own, you, you can't get in somebody else's car and drive with them to where they're going. You have to get in your own car and drive to where you're going. And it, there's certain philosophies and certain things that we've done and, and things that we put in practice. We zig what people zag. That, that's what keeps us in business. We don't necessarily look at what other people are doing to do what they're doing, we do look, we look at what we're doing to do what we're doing. Because there's times that there's, there's, there's methods and, 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 and practices that other people will do that will work for them. It may not necessarily work for you. Now I can take their quote unquote failures and because I don't never say, I don't never look at things that in a failure, I look at it as a learning experience. I look at, you know, each time there's a problem or supposedly a problem, use that word, you know, it's like a slingshot and you pull it back and and that didn't work. So you pull it back some more and then you pull it back some more and pull it back some more. And then by the time you've pulled it back and you've learned all the things that you need to learn uh, to be successful, the slingshot lets go. And all of a sudden now you're catapulted to another stratosphere. You're catapulted into success or whatever your your viewpoint of success is. And I think success is not necessarily monetarily. I think success is the, the as you said earlier, and you asked um, uh, me earlier, longevity, being in business, you know, and, and sustaining the ups and downs. And I think that's success because monetarily, if you just make a bunch of money today and then you close tomorrow, what is that doing for you? What is that doing for society? What is it doing for people that you're working for, that work that are working for you? You know, because your success isn't really your success. It's somebody else's because people are, there's people that you rely on you, like, you know, the, 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 the person uh, that's picking up the packages, the, the person that is, um, you know, uh, working for you directly. Uh, all these people that are indirectly, you know, related to that, their families, their family's family, you know, so a lot of people don't think about that. They think of a, a selfish matter. If it's only about me and what I make it. No, it's really about everybody else and your legacy and what you're leaving on this earth. And even, even, even directly your family, because what you do today is again for them, you know, so hopefully you can leave your business um, to, to them and c- continues on. You know, I like to say that success demands payment in advance, which I think is what you described. And, um, whether I'm successful or not is up to me to decide in the end. Um, and you know, like I, I've had too many people, uh, say, Oh, you're lucky. You've done this and that. I, I didn't feel lucky last week when I worked a hundred hours. Um, you know, and, and by the way, speaking of commercials, I should probably mention that today's episode of startup hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io, my company, 
which helps people build software teams quickly and affordably. So maybe the longest I've waited to mention that in a show, but you know, I was glad to have you back on. Now, I mentioned success demands payment in advance, which is something I mentioned in my book, Balance Me, uh, The Realist Guide to a Successful Life. You've written a couple books. Let's talk about those author to author for a minute, because okay. in my opinion, the best part about writing a book is actually finishing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the great that, that's the great part. Um, and I was saying to you when offline that the, the weird thing about me is that as soon as I finish it, I'm ready to start the other one, the next one. And I gotta, I have to kind of just you know kind of step back and at least sell one first before I go go up and try to sell the other. Um, but yeah, so I wrote two books. One was um, one is sorry, it was the first one was um, well, I keep saying was I don't know why. Um, is uh, building an empire, sorry, not building an empire, money makes me crazy. And like, what do you mean money makes me crazy? And it actually does to a point. Um, I think a lot of people get to a point, and especially where I was raised, you know, we, were, we didn't, wasn't raised with a silver spoon in our mouth. We wasn't raised in the, you know, the, the greatest neighborhood. Um, people around us didn't necessarily have, you know, money or, or have money values or my parents didn't actually 100% teach me, you know, what to do with my money and how, what not to do with my money. So when you, you at a young age, if you become, become wealthy, independently wealthy, uh, you tend to overdo it. You tend to buy things. You tend to, you know, um, uh, over or look at the things that you didn't have and overcompensate for the things that, for, for things that you always wanted to have. So, for instance, um, when I first got my first house, uh, like when I was uh, where I was raised, uh, I had a couple, two sisters and a brother. And then my brother was never really around because he was pretty much older. He was adopted as well as I was adopted. And my other two sisters, my two sisters um, were biological to the, the parents that I was adopted to. Uh, they would pretty much, you know, run the TV, you know, because if they wanted to watch it, it was two against one. So it was one of those things. So, you know, growing up, you really, really want to watch, you know, you don't want to watch, you know, uh, whatever, you know, was, you know, you got two women or two girls, you know, kind of picking everything you want to want, everything. So you want to, you know, I guess trying to compromise but you know what there was no compromise so when i i finally got my first home i put a tv everywhere in every room and i'm like well i'm not going to be watching tv like that anyway but why did i do that psychologically i did that because you know again i was over so um i wound up spending a lot of money and do, making a lot of financial mistakes so that book is to basically tell you that as soon as you get money you go crazy and, and what not to do and giving you practices on knowing who you are. Because if you know who you are when it comes to relationships, your relationship to money, then you, you know how to, 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 to do better. Uh, second book is uh, Building an Empire, which is my newest book, which is fairly, uh, fairly young uh, in age, uh, about a few months old. I, just, um, I did it prior to COVID, or actually during COVID rather, and launched it in COVID. Um, it's just about the legacy and success thinks about how to think differently. Um, I think that a lot of books when it comes to uh, not necessarily entrepreneurship, but just business kind of just tack, they just do I just thing called, uh, I use, I use this phrase called, you know, fifth year, the fifth, fifth year old syndrome. Everybody's in fifth grade and everybody's just talking the same thing. And then maybe, maybe they'll, they'll put 
they'll all get in line and they'll just say the same thing, which will say the same thing, which will say the same thing. And I think a lot of books just take the last book that they, they read and go, okay, this is my philosophy, but it's the same philosophy. You know, one to one is equal to, it, yeah, it is, right? But what I'm doing is saying one to one is two, right? That's great, right? And that can happen in this book, right? But let's look at let's look at it a different way, right? Let's look at let's take two and three, right? One and two is three. Let's look at three and two and one, right? And add it that way. You know what I mean? Or just whatever. Like so, I just kind of make people just think differently. You know, don't look at what everybody else is doing. Try to look at what you're doing. Try to get out of your own way of, of okay, that's working. Or getting out of your own way of, because some people say, you know what? I want to, I think I want to fish, right? But they may not be any anything, they may not say they want to fish. They may say they want to fish, but they may not be a fisher, fisherman. They may own a store their view may should be owning a store that sells fish, not a fisherman. And it, you kind of have to read the book because, again, <laughs> no, we really it is, it's better described because when I'm sitting and talking to someone that wants to do something, because I'm always talking people out of what they want to do and or what they think they want to do. And this book kind of gets it moves the fog away, so you can just see who you are and what and 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 what an entrepreneur really is, and how to be an entrepreneur. Not necessarily how to be an entrepreneur, but how to how to um, and how should I describe this? How to make your own path. And I think that's a really, 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 really big problem in 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 today's society is that everyone is searching for everybody else's path but that not their own. Yeah, I said that in talking about books, I wrote one called Million Dollar Bedroom and kind of like you, man, like I started my first business. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any experience. I had a credit card with an $8,000 limit and an extra bedroom in my home and turned that into $40 million worth of revenue over the coming years. And um, with that, I, like you said, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any people that were showing me how to do it. I had Google. Yeah. I figured it out, you know, and I actually looking back at that, think that it was very valuable to not have other types of influence in there because I had to figure out my own path. And we like to say, run your own race. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. it's not about, it's not about like, I can't compare myself to you and someone else and someone else because I'm only me. And um, one of the things that I think was helpful is for myself, I've got a h- really high level of drive. As an yeah. entrepreneur, what's, what's your defining characteristic? Like, what's your superpower? Um, drive. I drive like just like you said, drive. I mean, I'm constantly saying to people, you know, it's drive. You, you when you're in your car, right, and things and you're driving. If you just look at everything as drive, and then you also look at everything as a movie. If you look at everything as a movie when it comes to branding, advertising, marketing, and understanding the the, the each one of those, you understand, you know, social media. You understand that you have to look at everything as a movie. When you sit down at a in a movie, you're looking at it and you're like, "Wow, what's keeping me here? What's what is meant so interesting? You got a beginning, a, a, a middle, an end, 
And then from that, it goes to a sequel. And from that, it goes to a sequel. And I got, it goes to a sequel. How could you keep that movie going forever? When you have your brand identity, right? What is that? Once you have your brand identity and then you're creating your product, each product or each service or whatever it is, is a movie. And how are you bringing people into it and how they stay interested and how they're coming back? So I have a question from from one highly driven and I have like, okay, your strength is also your weakness. Yeah. And that drive, uh, you say money makes you crazy. My drive makes me crazy on many days. Um, meaning like it's difficult to turn it off. It's not uncommon for me to sometimes be awake for two days because I'm so locked in on whatever's driving me mm-hmm. that it drives me crazy. Do you have the same problem? I'm asking for a friend. Uh, um, <laughs> my, no, actually I do not um, for a friend. Um, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I I have this little thing I do, like I said, with the three, you know, uh, do with three things at one time a lot. I, that So that allows me to have this kind of like draw in the back of my head. And it's not a problem unless you're working on it. So when I'm driving, I'm not thinking about anything else besides driving where I'm trying to go. And then when that's done, I go to my next situation and I drive and I'm not thinking about the other situation at all. Now I may now I may see a, a, a you know a, a, a lane to get off the highway, and that may be a lane not necessarily to get off the highway, but to take what I'm doing from on 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 this highway and merge into another highway. So that's all that is is a merge, right? But meanwhile, I see it. I may be able to just uh, look over there and maybe have something come towards me, but I'm always staying focused on what I'm doing at that time, period. Right? And and that's how I sustain it, and that's how I keep going. I love, I think I love what I do, and I have so much drive, and I think too much dopamine in my head, that's my might have happened. Um, and I'm so driven that I just can't stop. Like, so a problem means nothing to me because I'm happy that there's a problem. That means I'm doing something. You know, so I'm going to keep constantly going, going, going. Now, yes, again, I have to bring it back to, I know I'm, it's working when I made a, made a dollar. And I have this thing where, look, I just, it's just me. I, I can't spend a dollar unless I made $3. So if drive is the superpower, what's your kryptonite? I don't know. I don't think I have what, what what keeps you up at night as an entrepreneur, not just as a person. That's an entrepreneur keeps me up at night. Like what part what part of, of a business or in the past, like like what was what was because you know there's no such thing as a business well, without problems. Well well, well so, no, true, true. I, I think it's just yeah. how you look at it. Um I think that to be passionate when you're passionate about what you do it really doesn't matter it's almost like a kid right if you i don't have kids but i could i you know i live vicariously right it's the same thing as the business it's the same thing as the question in relation to the question that you're saying if i have a kid and they do something wrong i don't love them less 
right? I don't take, take them and throw them away. So if you look at your business as a kid, it's going to have ups and downs. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. When again, you're still proud of them. You still love them. And they're still going to be there. I think that's fair. All right. So here, here's a good one for you. What's the difference between being a genius and being crazy? I think a genius is crazy. That's a good answer. One of my favorites is, is actually, I've asked that to many, many high level creators, musicians, rock stars, all different kinds. Uh, the best answer still is who cares? Um, because, because it, because it's an outside perspective, uh, for me, I, my take on it is, is, is also, I kind of adopted the who cares, uh, cause I think they call you crazy until you're viewed as being successful. And then all of a sudden you're a genius, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it takes, right, right. Exactly. You're doing crazy stuff and all of a sudden, cause nobody else is thinking of it. Right. But yeah. you, all the work and stuff that you put in and all the sacrifice you put in and all the, the stuff that you think you, you've lost and all that stuff boils up into a nice little pot and it cooks up. And all of a sudden, wow, this is, really tastes good. But you, you don't know that I've been in the, uh, the, 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 sorry, in the uh, kitchen for three days trying to make this stuff. You know, so that's what it is. And all of a sudden now you're a genius. Yeah, and and like like I said, they'll 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 exactly. call you crazy until they don't. Yep. Then they want to take everything you just did, and go as another entrepreneur supposedly gonna take that and perfect it, and go okay now we're gonna move with it, and then someone's you know so it's really that thing too you have to understand that if you do something what you put in the world is not yours anymore, because now it's acceptable for for every 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 other entrepreneur. To to uh, to 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 take that and and make it even better, or sometimes just do the same same exact thing. You know, counterfeiting is a you know it's a form of flattery. It can work as long hopefully as long as the product is is not you know inferior. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that that I don't have to deal with in the software and technology industry, and that's a big problem in in yours. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah, a big one, a big one. So, all right, so. A lot of times as we start a business as an entrepreneur, we get support. I think a lot of people think they're going to get support from their friends and family, and then they find themselves very disappointed along the way. And a lot of people uh, seem to want to be vocal about how you will fail. How many people told you that you were going to fail on the way to building a billion dollar brand? Oh, no, tons of them. But again, that goes back to me saying I took it, all that stuff, and I used it as fuel um, because, you know, I would write down every reason why they said I would fail. And some of the reasons were, were very valid. Um, and I would find an answer for it. So, I, I, like, you know, some people's problems wasn't my problem. You know, and again, the typical way that everybody ran things and did things, you know, all made sense to them. But we ran, we did something that no one was doing. So again, if you just create up a whole new product called the uh, computer, let's just say, right? There is no, there's no one before you. So who's to say you're not doing everything right? And if you think that way, and you're going that, you're going on your own path, your own lane, you're driving your own car. You know, you're not coming up to you know intersection 
where it's such, you know, with so much traffic, it's too much traffic. And now you're, you're sitting there waiting for someone else to improve on a product that, that they did. So you can take that a product and try to prove on it. You're going off to another, you're seeing the traffic and you go, you know what? I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go to the right and get off this lane and I'm going to go my own route. There's nobody in the highway with you. And that's an entrepreneur. That's the entrepreneur that creates something that no one, no one does or finds, you know, finds something, a service that, that a hundred percent people need, hundred percent people need and provides that service in a way that which no one else is doing. That's the entrepreneur. The guy that made the wheel, the guy that made the plane, you know, the guy that made the computer, the guy, it, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, it's probably a good time to mention that the first person that was out there saying the world was round, they probably burned at the stake or right. something like that. You know, right. it's like, uh, and, and he was crazy until he was a genius in the same way. So, well, once again with me today, Jay Alexander Martin, co-founder of FUBU, Vice VP, FUBU, author of multiple books, which I want you to go and buy. Now, before we do the Founders Freestyle, and that's how I end our episodes, I want to encourage everyone listening to check out Startup Hustle TV. That's our new upcoming web series Definitely. about entrepreneurship, where we're going to show you the real look at entrepreneurship, not just the jets and Lambos and fuzzy bubbles. We're going to show you the days that suck and what the agony is like and all the crap that people go through uh, on the eight years it takes to become an overnight sensation and yeah. a lot of stuff. Check out our YouTube channel with that. Maybe we'll be able to get you on that show at some point, Jay, because I think you've got a lot to talk about and a lot of things to say. Now, I end my episodes to start a puzzle with the Founders Freestyle. I say my episodes. I'm not the only host of the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Make sure to check out Andrew Morgan's talking about Amazon and e-commerce and Thursdays for Innovate Her with Lauren Conaway. Now, for the Founders Freestyle, Jay, I like to give all my guests an opportunity to take the mic and do exactly that freestyle. What, in, in the regards of like, what, what, how do you want to close this episode out? And what's the most valuable thing you can say for people that want to follow in your path? Uh, okay, let's see. The most valuable thing I'd like to say to anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur is to start. 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 And I, why you keep saying start, 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 start? Because what people do, a lot of entrepreneurs, is they gather, you gather all this information, you do this, you do, you do that, and then you find, get to a point where, oh, well, this is not going to work. And you get talked into your own demise, right? Stop looking at other people's success and say that it's going to be your success. Start measuring, measuring your success on your own, from your own. By yourself, right? Stop zig when people zag. And that's about it. You know, we say it a lot uh, in the in the promo for Startup Hustle TV. The very first one of the very first lines is getting started. It's the hardest part. And yeah. you know, and, and it really is. The thing is, is once you actually start, you have something in motion, you have something you can give and get feedback on. You have like, I mean, an objects in motion often stay in motion. There's yep. a zillion cliche sayings that we could say there. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for joining us, sharing your information and wisdom. For those of you listening, there's a link in the show notes to buy Jay's new book. 
I want you to go check it out. Look, there's until you've traveled down the road and through the waters that guys like Jay have, there's just stuff you figure out. And that's, you know, I, I want to say thanks for sharing your insight in the story. I, uh, I do. I did write down. It's not a problem unless you're working on it, because I'm going to remind myself of that next time I've got too much clutter and BS going on in my head. Hey, man, I want to catch up with you down the road and check the yes, progress on a lot of things you're doing. So I know you got to jump into the city and get some stuff done. So I'll see you next time, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Round two yep. is over the time, huh? I'm ready, man. I'm ready whenever you are. All right. See you next time. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>